Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Today good. is, it's been a good day. It good. Yeah. Good. So, Lil, you've heard the phrase, you are what you eat. Yes. Yeah, we know that phrase, right? Yes. Listen, the fact of the matter is, is that food does affect every aspect of our health. It does. It's our physical body. Mm-hmm. Our dietary choices can also have a significant impact on our mind mm-hmm. as well. Oh. And uh, I read this article. It's an article that I found on Eat This, Not That by Clara Oshansky. And it's entitled, This Eating Habit May Improve Your Mood. Oh. And I thought, you know, I'm never in a bad mood, no. but you can always improve, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I thought just a couple of things that I thought would be worth sharing. So okay. number one that they say is that food can influence how your brain functions. Hmm. It can help keep you sharp by speeding up your um, your thought processes. It can also speed up your cognitive decline if oh. you're not careful. So you, food is important. Dietary choices yeah. can play a significant role in your mood, either giving you a boost that you need to get through the day or leave you in the doldrums, depending on what your choices are. So they've done this study. This is the point of the article. This study suggests that sticking to the Mediterranean diet might actually help combat depression. Now, do you know what the Mediterranean diet is? You've probably heard of I've it before. I've heard of it. So this is what I like about the Mediterranean diet. I'm not a practitioner. I like I like red meat a little bit too much, but I, yeah. but I can see the... You're not vegetarian. I am not vegetarian. Maybe <laughs> once a week at lunch, I'm a vegetarian. Once but, a week. But um, the Mediterranean diet is not just a fad. It's not just a fad diet that we hear about that's out there. It It, it basically is what real people eat every day in the areas that border the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. So it consists mostly of plant-based foods like your fruits, your vegetables, potatoes, whole grains, beans, nuts, seeds, and extra virgin olive oil. That's that, you know, that's Mm -hmm. Italian, that Greek, that, that kind of uh, influence there. The diet also includes moderate amounts of lean poultry, fish is a Mm -hmm. big part of it, seafood, Mm -hmm. dairy, and eggs. So that's the Mediterranean diet. So in this study, it was published by the journal Plus One. Researchers looked at a group of nearly 7,000 older adults. So it's a big study. Yeah. And they looked at them over a period of two years. So it's not just like get a bunch of people to answer a survey. They're actually digging in and trying to understand how the Mediterranean diet affects people. All the participants kept to the Mediterranean diet with one group adhering to a calorie restricted version of the diet and the other group having no calorie restrictions. They stayed within those guidelines, but they could eat whatever calories that they wanted. Researchers found that participants in both groups saw a decrease in depressive symptoms And their conclusion was that connection between the diet and the mood disorder deserves further research. Mm. So kind of some some compelling thoughts and ideas. The study is strong because it's a longitudinal cohort, which allows for assessment of changes over time. That's according to Dr. David Wiss at the Wise Mind. He's a a doctor at Wise Mind Nutrition. He says, too often people associate nutrition with weight and changes in biomarkers, when nutrition is over-medicalized, people can overlook the potential for nutrition to improve your mood. Oh. 
Uh, so I thought that, you know, that made sense. He adds that evidence supports that the Mediterranean's diet's positive impact on depressive symptoms through a wide range of pathways and that the diet can help improve people's quality of life. Oh. Uh, Chelsea Jackal is a registered dietitian. She agrees. She says that while food can play an important role in how you feel, it's important to make a wider view of your mental health, incorporating mood boosting habits and staying mindful of the factors outside of your control as well. So eat good, yeah. but, you know, take care of your, of your mental health in other ways. And uh, she says there's definitely a connection between the food you eat and your mental health, but it isn't always clear cut. While the study links mental health conditions like depression to the foods we eat, these results aren't always consistent. So she cautions about that. And your mental health is also affected by things like your genes, your lifestyle, your environment, the foods that you eat won't cause or treat mental health conditions on their own, but they may be an important piece right. of the overall puzzle. So we've been hearing about the Mediterranean diet. We've kind of, you know, yeah. a little bit here and a little bit, a little bit there. Um, maybe it's time to give it a try. Yeah. I don't know. Something to consider. Extra olive, extra olive oil. oil. It's good stuff, right? <laughs> Today's guest, Lil, yes, is Adam Bollinger from the Intermountain Healthcare's Live Well Center. Uh, he specializes in orthopedic rehab and prehab, and just kind of overall general health mm-hmm. and wellness. And uh, we're excited to visit with you yes. just a bit today, Adam. How are things going in your neck of the woods? It's pretty good. I'm having a pretty good day. Good, good. So you you live in this realm of health and wellness and diet and exercise. What, what do you think? What's your take on the Mediterranean diet? You you certainly are aware of it. Oh, I, I like it a lot. And, yeah. you know, uh, every once in a while, a joke, I love my French fries fried in olive oil. But, <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but to be really, you know, to be serious, it's it's a great healthy way to go. It's it's one of several, but it is a wonderful healthy way to go. You know, speaking of French fries and olive oil, <laughs> we, don't, we don't make French fries at home. I eat French fries. Don't get me wrong. I eat French fries, but we have an air fryer. And so we drizzle some olive oil on potatoes and put oh, in yeah. the air fryer and they turn out great and they're good. And we tell ourselves that they're good for us because they're fried, quote unquote, fried in olive oil. So I'm glad you've just endorsed my my products, Adam. I'm glad that's, to hear that. That's why I'm here, man. What else <laughs> No, I, I appreciate that. I, I do believe that the Mediterranean diet makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, eating all those vegetables is, of course, going to be good for you. Right. Cutting back on the red meat, we know is going to be good for you. And yeah. study after study after study just shows that it's a great way. It's a great lifestyle, right? It's not, like I said, not a fad, but a great lifestyle right. and uh, something to consider as we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out this whole puzzle of wellness and right. how to be as healthy as we can. So, so uh, Adam, I want to get in a, a little bit into some of your specialties. Uh, you, you mentioned to us off air that orthopedic rehab is kind of an area that you have some experience. Yeah. We have a lot of our athletes who, you know, are familiar with orthopedic orthopediology and, you know, <laughs> the, uh, I don't know if that's a word, but you know, people, people deal with injuries at different levels and things like that. So talk a little bit about what advice might you have for somebody who, number one, I'm going to, it's going to be a two-parter, but number one, who want to avoid going to the orthopedic surgeon. And then yeah. after that, let's talk a little bit about this rehab process. Well, when you get into the, the, the general topic of orthopedic rehab, sometimes it's just 
rebuilding the way somebody moves. Uh, if you see that their movement pattern is a little bit off, maybe their hips swing a little or their arches collapse and their knees bend in. And we can kind of see that the way that somebody's moving is going to take them towards uh, like a movement deficit or some issues. So sometimes we can head physical therapy or surgeries off by looking at the way somebody moves really early. And so we rehab a movement pattern. What people are typically more familiar with is physical therapy once they have an injury or they've had something that's so uh, imbalanced for a long enough period of time that they get things like inflammation and deficits. And so then it's really important to check with a doctor, an orthopedist or a physical therapist, somebody who can say, hey, you know, what we see going on here is something we can repattern into a healthier way to move and maybe we can stave off uh, a surgery or an issue later on or we can just improve your longevity and how much fun you can have getting out there and moving uh, because you're in less pain and you can do more while expending less energy. That's the, that's the nerdy answer. I hope that went well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. It does. And uh, I, I like what you said about being able to kind of analyze movements and recognize that there's, you know, maybe room for improvement in that movement yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just ask you this. How how would you be exposed to somebody in that setting where you could be like, oh, listen, you, I've noticed that you kind of pull to the left with your hip or whatever. Like, how would that, how would someone need to seek you out? Uh, like, how, yeah. how, would, how would, how would I even know? Other than everybody tells me that they think I'm limping. When I was just going to say, or if I'm walking down the ha- mall, do you say, hey, hey I, could, I could help you out with that thing there. Hopefully not. That's not a great way to make friends. Uh, I see you're pulling to the left there. You know? yeah. um, honestly, the, the, the industries in physical therapy and rehab and health and fitness, like trainers and stuff like that, the amount of science that's grown into it in the last 20 to 30 years has just been an, an incredibly impressive. So there are courses out there and certifications that, that you're really well-trained personal trainers um, are getting trained in. So they don't, and they don't have to have, you know, those masters or doctorates in physical therapy or, or rehab stuff. So one of the places is you can look at a trainer at one of your local facilities and maybe find in their um, bios, you know, is this somebody who's studied um, corrective exercise and functional movement? Those types of trainings have really been growing, and they're and they're really impressive. They're very helpful, not necessarily to predict if you're going to get injured, but right. they are predictive of a pattern um, that we could improve upon. Yeah, and I, and I like that yeah. concept and that idea of improving upon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I. I didn't know Adam, but I'm glad to know that it's kind of, it's somewhat accessible, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. don't just have to happen to run into <laughs> an orthopedist uh, at the mall who notices that you're leaning to the left, like it's yeah. available. <laughs> I appreciate that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you do have, you know, if you have some aches and pains that are seem like they're persistent, uh, we tend to see in, in about your forties or fifties, some of the aches and pains just don't tend to go away as quick. And so asking your orthopedist or, or I believe now uh, you can just go straight to a physical therapist and, and say, Hey, can you check out the way I'm moving? Um, not necessarily to fix an injury, like I fell down skiing or something, yeah. uh, but you can always access those high level experts in those areas as well. Hmm. Interesting and, and useful. I, 
I, I appreciate yeah. just even knowing again that that's available. Um, we, I, we throw this word around sometimes, uh, prehab. Yeah. We all know what rehab is. I right. mean, you've, you've been injured. You're going to go rehab that injury. I think we have a, a you know, a, a limited, if, if somewhat at least basic understanding of what rehab is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you've talked a little bit about uh, acknowledging maybe a deficiency or, or a tendency within your movement. Yeah. But prehab can also kind of encompass just an overall approach to life and, and health in that we want to help you do the things so that you don't get injured in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, we, um, at the live well center up at Intermountain, which is a, it's an integrative medicine facility, uh, which is, uh, really cool and unique in itself because it combines a lot of different faucets rather than just fixing you after you're sick. So prehab, if you go into something like an integrative system where you talk to certain types of uh, trainers or coaches, they're looking at the way you move and they're they're prehabilitating something that's going to serve you better as you typically as you age. I mean, if, if we're not in an injury situation, um, then the habilitation, the hab in that is that we're, we're getting a head start on something that's just going to serve us longer. And sometimes we're not even really seeing that there's a gigantic problem. We're just, we're looking forward down the road and saying, we know the people age this way. I've got a couple of little hints coming down the road and let's get on top of this before I'm 10 years older and I'm looking at a, you know, knee replacement or 20, 20, 30, hopefully it's 40 years older. So we're, we're blessed and lucky to have access here locally in St. George, Utah, where we do the show. Um, Adam, you're from uh, a little further up North in the state of Utah still, but up in the Salt Lake and, uh, and North of their area. But to have access to the Intermountain System, the Live Well Center, mm-hmm. um, is is a great tool and a great resource for local people. We have listeners that are from outside of the area. If they're if they're feeling this, you know, this I don't know, a, a nagging in their knee or their hip isn't quite what it used to be. Mm-hmm. What kind of Google search might they do? What are they looking for to find some of this prehab concept and idea if they don't have access to the Intermountain Live Well Center? Yeah, I think some of the key terms I would look up and and I and when I find somebody I want to look at part of their their background of their trainings and certificates and things like that. Um but I would start to look at functional movement and corrective exercise um as two of the major tenants in there. The functional movement uh program there's actually one that it, it's called functional movement. Um started maybe 20 or 30 years ago and the gentleman uh, the couple of gentlemen have started our physical therapists they first used it for physical therapy to look at how somebody moved and then say instead of just looking at that painful part in the knee let's look at a whole region of the body and see what the pattern is so it's very pattern oriented and as they progress through the years it's gone uh, from the clinical place where you can go even farther into the to the evaluations to a, a kind of a, a not a watered down but a simplified version that's made its way into the fitness area and coaching and stuff like that. We see all sorts of uh, trainers for sports teams that have this background, um, and it's not a wildly intense program. So if you can find a trainer who's got that background, that's one of the top ones I would look for. I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm familiar a little bit with the the concept of functional training and functional fitness. Yeah. Um, 
for those of us, for those who, who, who maybe this, these are new words to, to <laughs> us, we're just hearing this for the first time. What, how can, how would you describe that? I know we're on radio, but how, how would you describe <laughs> what a functional fitness workout or regime or process or system might look like? Yeah. Well, I, well, first of all, I hope uh, great cook and, or the guys who developed this stuff, kind of the pioneers. I, I hope if they ever hear this, they'll, they'll prove of my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you go back a long ways into health and exercise, a lot of it is either cardiovascular health or it's aesthetics. Um, I can't tell how old you guys are, but uh, John Travolta did an aerobics movie in like the 70s or 80s, <laughs> Amy Lee Curtis. I see one of you smiling. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> so a lot of health and exercise was about keeping your heart healthy and then looking good. And what started to happen after a while is we had uh, plenty of folks who exercised throughout their lifetime and they got into their forties and fifties and they had really messed up knees or backs. And we thought, well, wow, you know, I've done fitness for years. So, to simplify it all down into the easiest part, they started to look at activities of daily living. Like, can you reach up to your cupboards? Can you get in and out of your car, uh, onto the toilet and off the toilet? These are mm-hmm. the very basic to live and be autonomous or take care of yourself. And then they looked at health and exercise and said, instead of trying to just get your heart healthy or to make your calves look great during the summertime, right. <laughs> What kind of exercises could we do that would just help us do what we call activities of daily living? And and that's the roots of functional movement. That function that helps you just, you know, be a human on your own without help. And how important is that, right? We we all want to be able to just live independently. We all want to you know, get in and out of the car. We want to be right. able to walk upstairs. We want to be able to pick up our kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm a, I'm a fan in, in the concept of just being able to manage that as best as we can, as we age. Um, another area, Adam, that I know that you have some expertise in is yoga. <laughs> let's, let's touch on yoga just a little bit as it relates to functional fitness, rehab, yeah. prehab, just being able to live the life that we want to do to talk a little bit about how yoga might fit into that for people. Well, first off, it's important for anybody who hears this to understand that yoga is a very broad term. Uh, you could probably go to most of your health clubs around here and find several different types of yoga classes. So they're, they're not all the same. But a general tenant of yoga is is not about strength and power and speed. It's about mobility and movement. Uh, sometimes it gets a little over-invested into flexibility. You, you do not need to be able to put your leg behind your head to get in and out of the car. In fact, highly. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so the idea that yoga on the movement side is about having the flexibility to use the strength that you have. And to do that in postures and movement is very different than pumping the iron, you know, and getting more strength and power in aesthetics. The other side of yoga that's one of my favorites is the whole, you know, we, we term it as mindfulness now. We put that that layman's terms. But it, in, it involves a part of the mind and the skill and technique to be able to take your attention and put it somewhere and keep it there, even while you're being distracted. And when you mix these two things, if we're talking about longevity and aging, 
uh, they've found as you get older, one of the major tenants for a healthy mind is to increase your heart rate and to focus at the same time. So anything where you're practicing movement, alignment, and focus um, is just fantastic for the aging neurology of a, of a person's mind. Um, other than yoga, the, one of the top things that I saw, and I just love it, is uh, if you can get over to like one of the climbing gyms and you think about what you're putting your hands and stuff and your heart rate gets up and you're focusing and stuff. So um, I love yoga, but you know, if, if, if that's not your cup of tea, use your mind on what you're doing and get out there and do some sort of exercise. I, I appreciate that at every level. I, I you know, as, as I've done this show and we've talked to more people and we've, you know, we've, I've been exposed to health and wellness in different ways than what I had normally thought about. That is one thing that I, I feel like I have learned is that yoga is this kind of all encompassing term, but there are so many aspects within it. And listen, I, I'm, I'm pretty open with my, you know, my feelings towards flexibility and, and, and yoga in general, but I have tried to practice it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I try to do a yoga session a week. I'll admit I skip every once in a while. Um, you know, I, I am not going to be able to like pop out the splits. Like I'm just, that's, I'm, I'm probably never going to get there, but I will definitely say that the, the, amount that I have done, the sessions that I have done, the the focus that I have done on yoga has definitely helped me in my ability to just functionally function in, in life. You know, we talked about my motivation and in getting into it a little bit was because I was trying to back up my truck and I realized I could barely turn my neck and my, my back around. And I just, I thought to myself, I just remember it so clearly, like I am not going to allow myself to get to the point where I can't back up my truck, you know? So I, I have yet to discover the mindful benefits. I have, I have yet to, you know, align myself in Zen when I yoga, like I've said before, I'm usually angry while I'm doing it. Um, but I definitely can see the benefits of it. We'll, we'll come up here. I'll, 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 you tell me a Saturday when you're coming up, I'll get you in a class. I may take you up on that. I may take you up on that, but I also want to just touch really quickly on the, on the rock climbing concept. And yeah. only because my wife and I, for the very first time went to a rock climbing gym mm-hmm. uh, just a few days ago, and we loved it. We had such a great time. And I was just thinking about it as a recreational activity. But when you mentioned that idea of a cardio workout that really demands that you focus your attention, man, you've you've nailed it there with rock climbing. And I can see the benefits of, uh, you know, the long-term cognitive benefits of of rock climbing just from what you said. And I'm really interested in, you know, cognitive decline. I've mentioned before i had two grandmas who struggled with uh, dementia and alzheimer's and ultimately we lost them because of that disease and i worry about myself i worry about my parents you know and so anything that that i that i see or read or hear about cognitive decline or a way to remedy that or reverse that it's always interesting to me and this this concept of yoga as well as rock climbing really you know kind of catches my attention so Adam, great information. We've got about 30 seconds left is all. Okay. Uh, any last minute advice that you might share just to, to send us off with a, a great wellness concept? Well, I mean, the most simple thing is to keep moving. And then, you know, how do you keep moving? That's I think that's the tough question. So self-educate, you know, find somebody to learn from about healthy movement and then study yourself. So as you come across movement challenges, as you get older, you become the problem solver. And that in itself helps keep your brain alive. 
Great, great advice. Yeah. Keep, keep moving and then figure out what is working for yeah. you and then yeah. keep doing that, right? You got it. Lifelong learner. I love it. I love it. Adam, thank you. We appreciate thank you, your time. Adam. Great information. And uh, we'll have to maybe come up and do a yoga session with you someday. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm waiting. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. Good stuff. Lou. Yeah, good I, stuff. I, really, my mind was kind of opened up to yeah. a, a variety of different things. I really appreciate Adam's information. Yeah. And, his expertise. and I do like that, the rock climbing and yeah, the yeah. mindfulness. Again, I, have, I never I have, would have I would, thought of that. I would never have thought of it either. But mm-hmm. now that he mentioned it, I'm yeah. like, I can I can see that. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. That might help you instead of hating yoga. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let me share just a couple of quick items okay. before we wrap up here. Number one, first and foremost, registration is open for the Huntsman World Senior Games. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a great year. We, we want to make sure that everybody who wants wants to get registered. Some of our sports are closed, but if you find that that is the case, get yourself on a waiting list. Right. We have all the information that you need to know about registration. And let me let me reiterate, the vast majority of sports are still wide open. Right. There's just a couple that we've reached participation caps on. All of that information is available at seniorgames.net, including how to register. So right. take a look at that. We've been talking about it all year long, but this year is our 35th anniversary. And we're celebrating throughout the entire year. One yeah. of the ways that we're celebrating is to give away 35 registration fee waivers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're really excited to continue that. We've already given away a bunch of them. So uh, if you haven't already, you want to follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of our social media sites, you'll find us at World Senior Games on all those platforms. And then open up your emails that we send you because there might be an opportunity to win a registration fee waiver as well, sitting right there in your inbox. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM. 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can grab those podcasts anywhere that mm-hmm. you subscribe to your favorites. So uh, take a look for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And then, of course, you can find this as well as other shows right on our website, which is once again, seniorgames.net. Today's inspirational thought, if you try, you risk failure. If you don't, you ensure it. Oh. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.